Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. This is Community Update on Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT. Good morning. I'm John Hoffman. The president of South Bend's Teachers Union says members walked away from contract negotiations last week. Negotiations broke down October 27th after teachers were told no money from South Bend School's recent referendum would go to teacher salaries. The union says that breaks a frequent promise to taxpayers who voted last year to approve the tax increase. Union President Linda Lucy says the school corporation is not putting any referendum money on the table for salaries this year. She said, and we quote, teachers worked for that referendum. Our teachers really, really worked hard to make sure it passed, close quote. But the district says it directed $3.1 million to salary increases last year, though those increases were initially paid out of reserve funds. Future payments to sustain the raises will come from the district's referendum money, according to Assistant Superintendent Karima Fowler. She says the referendum is the only reason they were able to give raises last year at all. But the $3.1 million figure still comes up short of the amount the administration laid out in the run-up to the public vote. South Bend voters approved two referendums for the school district in June of 2020, one for $54 million to put toward capital improvements and deferred maintenance, and another for $166 million in operating costs to be used for educational purposes such as teacher pay. The operating referendum was expected to bring in $20.8 million a year over eight years when it was placed on the ballot, and district leaders consistently advertised that salary increases would come with taxpayers' support of the referendum. In a May 2020 story just before the referendum vote, the South Bend Tribune reported $11.2 million collected over eight years would support raises for first-year teachers. Another $21.6 million would go to increases in base salary for all teachers. That amounts to $4.2 million a year in teacher raises. Now, the union says, teachers feel the district is going back on its promise. Bargaining teams met from 5 p.m. Monday, October 25th, until about 2.30 the following morning, according to Lucy, and worked through some issues, like portions dedicated to teachers in three of the district's empowerment zone schools. On Wednesday, Lucy says the union pressed for an answer on how much money teachers could expect from referendum budgets. According to Lucy, the union team left after they were told no referendum money was available to be bargained. She said teachers were similarly told they could not bargain with referendum dollars last year, because at that time, the tax increase had just passed and the district wasn't expected to receive its first money until July of 2021. New election maps proposed by St. Joseph County Commission President Andy Castelny would remove his 2022 Democratic opponent from his district. The South Bend Tribune reports that could potentially cut off a hotly contested campaign. The new maps would also make two of the three commissioner districts more Republican while shifting minorities into one district with an overwhelming Democratic tilt. 
The newspaper reports Costelny drew up the redistricting plan for the three districts with help from former Indiana House Speaker Brian Bosma's law firm. The three Republican commissioners, the county's executive body, hired the firm two months ago for $35,000. The county made the plan public a week ago. The proposed maps would not only remove Costelny's challenger, former County Democratic Party Chair Jason Critchlow, from Costelny's district, but would have also had other electoral ripples. District 2, currently represented by Commissioner Derek Dieter, would lose all of its rural areas and pick up urban neighborhoods with more minorities and Democratic voters. That would essentially narrow the district to the city of South Bend and potentially make a Dieter re-election campaign in 2024 tougher, although Dieter is a former South Bend police officer and council member. The Tribune reports that by moving Democratic-leaning areas to Dieter's district, the proposal could also give the District 1 and District 3 seats, respectively held by Costelny and Commissioner Deb Fleming, a more GOP-friendly flavor. The redistricting process is important because it could help determine the balance of power in St. Joseph County's executive and legislative branches and affect spending priorities, policy decisions, and lots of other issues over the next decade. The county is required to draw new districts for the commissioners and county council every 10 years based on population changes reported in the U.S. Census. Officials are required to keep populations in the district as even as possible and to ensure every voter is fairly represented. That means, for example, officials are not allowed to water down the influence of minority voters by putting them all in one district so they have no power anywhere else. But the way the maps are drawn can have an effect on which districts are competitive and which lean toward either party through placement of neighborhoods with more Democratic or Republican voters. In St. Joseph County this year, the commissioners have more power because of the change in state law that allows them to set their own election maps without approval from the county council. That also gives the commissioners more influence over the council maps because those maps must be drawn within the borders of the commissioner districts. Costelny said the proposed changes to the maps were meant only to give the districts equal populations and allow similar communities, such as South Bend, to be able to vote together rather than being split up or lumped in with areas that have little in common. Democrats were quick to denounce the proposed maps as a partisan power grab designed to solidify a two-to-one Republican control of commissioners. Critchlow called it a pretty blatant attempt to rig the game. He called it offensive to voters. One political scientist said the changes may come with only slight benefits for Republicans. He says the racial and party shifts in Costelny's and Fleming's districts are small enough that fluctuations in voter turnout could still decide an election. Notre Dame political science professor Darren Davis says he doesn't see anything too obvious. He says if Republicans are trying to create two safe seats on the commission, they could have done a better job than this. The three commissioners are scheduled to take public comments and hold a first vote on the new maps November 9th. The final vote is scheduled for November 16th. Three former South Bend St. Joseph High School volleyball players have filed a lawsuit. They are alleging inappropriate behavior from 2018 head volleyball coach Justin Cochran toward female players. All three women filing the lawsuit have decided to remain anonymous. But the lawsuit isn't just against Cochran. It also alleges St. Joseph High School and diocese administrators failed to report his behavior. 32-year-old Justin Cochran was promoted to varsity head volleyball coach at the school during the fall 2018 season after the former coach resigned. He had previously been St. Joe's assistant varsity coach and head junior varsity coach. 
Court documents say Cochran sent sexual images through Snapchat and would make inappropriate comments to the volleyball players. It also says Cochran was driving a school bus to games with a suspended driver's license. Players and their families were bringing the concerns to St. Joseph's School administrators and the diocese from October 2018 until that spring. But the former students allege administrators were dismissive and didn't take appropriate action. The documents say former athletic director Deborah Brown called the accusations girl drama and would turn down requests to meet with parents about the issue. Principal John Kennedy also allegedly told a volleyball parent that grooming is not a crime and is not reportable about a rumor Cochran had had sexual relations with one of the players. Cochran resigned after the end of the 2018 volleyball season with no reason given why. The documents say the diocese and St. Joe had failed to properly investigate Cochran and report the incidents to the Department of Child Services. It also alleges violations of the diocesan required safe environment training. I went to Cochran's home to ask about the court filings, but no one answered the door. St. Joseph High School and Deborah Brown didn't get back to my request for comment. Cochran also worked as a volleyball coach at Bremen High School in 2019. The superintendent there told me on the phone that they, quote, mutually decided to part ways. He found it odd that they kept getting emails about the accusations against Cochran, but says they didn't have any issues with him. WSBT 22's Erica Finke reporting. Take a walk through a grocery store and you'll see product gaps in the aisles and refrigerated cases. Visit a car dealership, you'll see more asphalt than inventory. Go to a restaurant and you might be told what isn't available. Ball State economist Michael Hicks tells the South Bend Tribune these are common problems when an economy rebounds from a pandemic-induced recession a lot faster than expected and demands for goods and services is greater than the supply chain's ability to satisfy. He says the supply chain is stretched thin but not broken. Ports have been at near capacity for decades, and there's been a shortage of truck drivers needed to move products for quite some time. So it should come as no surprise that nearly every business is coping with shortages to some degree. Elkhart area manufacturers have been complaining about the challenging supply issues and labor shortages that they faced for more than a year. Although they're producing RVs and boats at record-breaking levels, most are reporting a backlog of orders extending through much of next year. Hicks says most Americans continued to work through COVID, and now many of them are spending what they might have saved. Demand is high for almost everything, but the ability to supply that demand is currently stressed. Computer chips have made it impossible for auto manufacturers to keep up with demand for new cars, and higher prices for used cars has now pushed business to repair shops as some consumers are opting to hang on to vehicles a while longer but don't count on quick service there either. The need for employees, high demand for services, and the possibility of having to locate a part could result in a wait of several weeks. This according to Jay Basney, the general manager of Basney Honda in Mishawaka. He says they're hustling hard to keep everyone as happy as possible. Except perhaps for the computer chips needed to produce vehicles, many of the shortages that consumers might notice appear to be fairly random from week to week. That makes it especially difficult for people like restaurateurs who might be dependent on specific products for their menus. Peg Dalton with Peg's Restaurant in downtown South Bend says it might be plastic cups or chicken one week, then plain bagels or a tea they offer the next. Dalton says most customers are aware of supply issues that are affecting business across the country and are pretty understanding when they're informed about a menu problem. 
South Bend-based Stan's Food Service and other restaurant purveyors are working harder than ever to find the food and supplies needed by their customers. And when that doesn't work, the company's sales staff makes recommendations for substitutions, according to company president Mark Harmon. It's been two years since the Fun FX warehouse near downtown South Bend burned down. Broken glass, open ceilings, and an empty factory still remain after a fire that broke out in 2019. For 30 years, Fun FX served our community with costumes, theatrical supplies, and anything considered fun, according to the owner, Victor Kayo. Now all that sits is an empty building. Kayo says he still hasn't received any money from the insurance company to rebuild or demolish. After dealing with the shock about losing everything, then I started dealing with the shock of the insurance companies. No, we're not gonna pay you a penny. Victor now works as a public adjuster for the state of Indiana, helping others who have also experienced a major loss. You know, I, I didn't just sit back and, and rot away. I, I continued to fight for my case. And then I thought, well, you know, there's other people going through this. He considers his new job a silver lining after the devastation of his business. Kayo told me he still receives calls from customers asking if FunFX is still in business or when he plans to rebuild. But the fire caused more than $1 million in damages. His insurance case is still open. WSBT 22's Ashley Dagger reporting. Drugs, alcohol, and nicotine. Many people feel if they aren't addicted to those, they aren't an addict. But addiction is a mental health issue, and it can show up in many ways. Addiction is a mental health issue. The impacts on a person's brain are the same whether they're addicted to drugs or something else. And it isn't just substances that people put inside their bodies that can be addictive. We talked to John Horsley. He is the vice president of adult and addiction services at Oaklawn. He's seen people who are addicted to porn, to social media, to exercise, even to cell phones. He says with the legal of sports betting and the isolation of the pandemic. Video game addictions and gambling addictions requests have begun to rise dramatically. And while those things aren't seen as dangerous, to the addict it leaves them at high risk of anxiety, depression, and suicide. There was a um, study done once that said 90% of problem gamblers attempt suicide prior to getting treatment. So when you think about lethality, problem gambling can be just as lethal, just in a different way, as some of the other things that we worry about. Um, you know, there's been lots of people who have had video game addictions or, you know, cell phone addictions or social media kind of stuff, and then they start losing relationships, they start getting fired from jobs, they start getting in trouble, because maybe they're into areas they shouldn't get into. Um, and that takes a toll on their mental health and leads to depression and suicidality as well. So um, to say that some addictions are worse than others is really a poor way to think about that. He says if you think you have an addiction, your first step should be to reach out to a therapist. WSBT 22's Kristen Bean reporting. Views and opinions expressed are those of the individual speaking and do not necessarily reflect the views of WSBT Radio, its staff, or management. Join us next week for Community Update on Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT.
Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 